0: Welcome to Thoughts on the Market. I'm Mike Wilson, Chief Investment Officer and Chief U.S. Equity Strategist for Morgan Stanley. Along with my colleagues bringing a variety of perspectives, I'll be talking about the latest trends in the financial marketplace. It's Monday, November 25th at 9 a.m. Eastern, so let's get after it. Last week, we published our Global Economic and Market Outlooks for 2020. To summarize, our outlook assumes a modest recovery in the global economy next year, led by emerging market economies after what has been a rather meaningful and broad slowdown. We assume U.S. GDP growth stabilizes near third quarter levels, or 1.8%. With just modest GDP growth in the U.S., I assume profit margins will remain under pressure for the average U.S. company, given the limited slack in the labor market. Operating leverage is now decidedly negative across a wide swath of companies and sectors based on the latest earnings results. GDP growth of 1.8% combined with lower margin results in little, if any, EPS growth in the next year for the S&P 500. Smaller capitalization companies could see a second full year of negative earnings growth. With the Fed on hold, our interest rate strategy team expects a relatively stable outlook for U.S. Treasury yields next year of 1.75 to 2%. This should translate into a more stable environment for valuation multiples next year, which is in sharp contrast to what we experienced in 2018, a sharp de-rating, or 2019, which was a sharp re-rating. That means 2020 will likely come down to finding companies that can surprise on the upside on profitable growth and where valuations are reasonable. In other words, good old-fashioned stock picking as opposed to trading a big move in the index like the past two years. This dynamic leads us to international equity markets where both economic and earnings growth look better than the U.S. and valuations are cheaper. There is also more policy support available in these regions should our modest recovery outlook prove to be too optimistic. On interest rates, it's the opposite. Our flattish outlook for U.S. Treasury yields is contrasted by a more bearish view on European bonds or higher interest rates and even Japan where we see interest rates upside. While higher interest rates are typically bad for stock valuations, this is not the case when you are coming from negative territory. Stock valuations between the U.S. and international markets really began to widen in 2013 when the Fed ended their quantitative easing program and U.S. real rates moved sharply higher from negative territory. That valuation premium in the U.S. has not been relinquished since. But what if European and Japanese interest rates move higher next year as we expect? It could have a meaningfully positive impact on relative valuations between the U.S. and international developed equity markets. Our preferences also reflect another important theme we've been espousing, global reflation. Back in early 2016, we adopted a global reflation narrative based on multiple drivers, synchronous global growth and monetary policy, a weaker U.S. dollar, and a rise in populism. That theme played out nicely in 2016 and 17 as we witnessed some of the highest risk-adjusted returns for global equities in the past 30 years. In early 2018, we suggested that theme was due to take a break, with the tax cuts likely overheating the U.S. economy, leading the Fed to over-tighten while squeezing profits. It's possible that this past summer was the end of that pause in the global reflation narrative, and global reflation is back. But here's the caveat. Other important global reflation assets are not showing much follow-through to their initial moves higher this fall. Specifically, 10-year treasury yields, cyclical stocks, gold, and Bitcoin have all sold off recently as the S&P 500 makes new highs. Even Japan, the equity market with the most leverage to global reflation and outperforming since August, has started to underperform more recently. Bottom line, global reflation remains a very powerful longer-term theme to consider for one's portfolio allocations, and one that we have positioned for in our recommendations since 2016. It appears that the multi-year consolidation of this theme has some unfinished business before the next leg can begin in earnest, and the reflation asset pullback could linger until the global economy definitively bottoms, and we have more evidence that the margin pressures and trade tensions are truly abating. Stick with the reflation theme with outsized allocations to international equities and U.S. value stocks, but look to add only on pullbacks rather than chasing here. Thanks for listening and tune in every Monday, Wednesday and Friday for our latest thoughts on the market. The preceding content is informational only and based on information available when created. It is not an offer or a solicitation, nor is it tax or legal advice. It does not consider your financial circumstances and objectives and may not be suitable for you.